Welcome to the Beast and Buddy podcast. In this week's episode, we touch on today's current events, on my first feature in a song, and self-doubt, as well as imposter syndrome. Enjoy. Be Somebody Podcast, Be Somebody Billions. My name is Amadeo. My name is Enrique. Welcome, everybody, to episode 20. 20 of these motherfuckers, dude. 20, bro. <laughs> what a waste of time, am I right? I'm just kidding. Yeah, what am I doing with my life, bro? Honestly. <laughs> By the hit a, hit a quarter life I need, crisis. I need to figure my shit out. <laughs> That's kind of the, the mini version of today's theme. Uh, today is Monday, June 15th. Halfway through, halfway through the year. <laughs> and a lot has fucking happened. Has a lot it continues to A lot continues to keep happening. Yes, it has. And you can't deny that it hasn't. We started this year off thinking we'd be drafted into the war. <laughs> and now we are, <laughs> we're currently seeing injustice all across the United States, just as it has been for the last <laughs> forever. And uh, people younger than us, innocents being taken and murdered and their bodies discovered days later in the street. So the, yeah, today's story, oh my God, I can't, it like pains me to say it. Um, okay. Um, just recently, a woman who was an activist, her name was... Uh, Forgive me if I mispronounce this, but her name was uh, Aluwa Toyin. Or she was Toyin. Toyin Salau. She was 19. She was found dead in the city of Tallahassee after a search that lasted a few days. She was an activist, Black Lives Matter. She protested and she was uh, reported missing and found uh, just recently. So, again, another tragic event in the. Horrendously extended chain of tragic events. And we're saying her name and we're keeping her in our memory and we are demanding that justice be uh, found for her. So, yeah. Current events, unfortunately. Uh, Are we going to be linking any kind of... A website organization to kind of help that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like we have been, there are organizations that you can donate either your time or your money to. Uh, use your platforms, however small you think they might be. It still makes a difference. You still have the influence as a, as a human being, as an individual. Don't ever forget that. You are important. You matter. Everybody matters. Um, but we got to make sure that everybody matters, right? That everybody gets their, what they, the justice that they deserve. That's the whole point. So... Just like the last video that we had, we'll be linking uh, the organizations and the resources that you can use to uh, help somebody out, you know, make a difference. And yeah, continue forward and try to change this country and this world for the better. We can do that together. <laughs> Agree. In, and uh, in other recent news, I finally got a haircut. Um <laughs> 
So I'm not I'm not ashamed wearing a, a baseball cap around town yeah, to go interact with people. Yesterday. He was wearing our old high school baseball cap. <laughs> yeah. He was like, bro, I'm going to put this on real quick so I don't have to show the world my hair. And it was bad. Forever, forever. Dude, my hair has been bad for the last several weeks now. Bro, I literally, my mama literally gave me a haircut a week ago. And now I'm back to looking like a fucking broccoli. <laughs> like, what's up with that? How did that happen? How did that? Uh, I, I don't understand. So like my hair grew that, that quickly. It's already back to being super spongy and curly. <laughs> I'm a dude with a broccoli. And all, and all over the place. Looking, looking so, like you got electrocuted. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> and also, you know what? You know what fucking sucks? Um... By the way, I'm hearing like a saxophone in your background. What the fuck is that? What's going on? That's <laughs> my dad playing saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a musical okay, household. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be our background sound for uh, today's episode. <laughs> yeah, forgive us if you hear the saxophone in the background. That just had you know, a set of jazzy mood going on. But uh, what I had to say, you know what's some fucking bullshit? I, I've been drinking decaf. I have to drink decaf now. De- like, and I decaffeinated coffee, and I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> I like how I'm you're saying that kidding. while I'm literally drinking like those giant uh, caffeinated monsters right now. <laughs> but no, I'm serious because seemingly overnight, my body decided that it no longer likes caffeine, <laughs> and I get a very averse, like physical reaction to it. I don't feel good. I feel anxious. I feel like twitchy. I feel tingly. I feel as though I can't relax at all. And coffee used to be that thing that would wake me up and relax me and I'd feel motivated and positive and ready to take on the day, whatever that means for me. But now I can't do that. I can't do it anymore. And so I thought like I might substitute that for green tea because green tea, you know, tea has L-theanine naturally and that helps you relax and feel better. But I don't want to I don't like. I don't want to heat up water and like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're so lazy. Pour it in a mug. What time are you like, drinking the coffee at? In the morning. And it's so makes you like restless. That's when I would always drink coffee, and then this is like a recent development, and all of a sudden it's just a fucking a. I can't. Ha- I can't have it anymore. Yeah, that's weird. And I don't know how long it's going to last. Hopefully it's not for the rest of my life because I do like coffee and I'm sick of drinking decaf. But I mean, the thing with decaf is like, I still have the flavor. You know? But do you, <laughs> you, know, do you generally like, enjoy the taste of coffee? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. That's interesting. I don't so enjoy coffee. I, I just drink it just for the energy. Really? Yeah, I know. I like, I like coffee a lot. Well, I've I do like coffee if, like it's like, if it's like cappuccino from Europe. That's like... <laughs> That's like my only (laughs) exception. Other than that, like I'll just have it however, however it's made. Well, the thing is I used to despise IPAs and now I can drink IPAs. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's like, it's an acquired taste for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like coffee, just like beer is an acquired taste. And so I've acquired that taste (laughs) for good, (laughs) for good coffee. Yeah. But I can't have it caffeinated anymore because I feel anxious and I can't relax for the rest of or not for the rest of the day for, for like hours on end afterward. And so, I mean, like I still get the taste of coffee. I still get like the physical action of like bringing the, <laughs> bringing the, <laughs> bringing the cup up to my, up to my mouth. Yeah. Um, 
And like the psychological thing, you know, like, oh, I'm drinking coffee. My body knows that I'm drinking coffee and like maybe it'll kick some gears in for me mm-hmm. without the caffeine. But I mean, that's upsetting. Do you, do you think maybe, <laughs> did you like switch brands? Is, is that maybe it? That maybe no, it's, it's like it's too it's strong? The same, it's the same fucking thing. But maybe I've just been having it too strong. I used to, I think like three shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of coffee. Three shots of espresso yeah. in every cup. How do you feel about coffee in terms of, like, do you think the Starbucks coffee is worth it? Or you th- oh, you'd rather just have, like, your own cheap coffee at home? Like, I'll take it I'm like st- that. <laughs> Starbucks coffee is fucking, it is what it is, but it's like designer coffee, you know what I mean? It's just, it's something special. But to use that word, like, liberally... It's mm-hmm. like a special drink, you know, like a fucking unicorn frappuccino or <laughs> fucking like, I don't Luxurious know, whipped cream, coffee. Li- whipped cream in my, I don't know, chocolate chip, caramel macchiato. I don't know, just something just like extra, mm-hmm. you know, like when I want something extra, I'll go to Starbucks. Yeah. When no, I just I want know. a fucking cup of coffee when it's just regular and I just want my caffeine fix, I'll be buying it from the store. I'll have like my my grounds and my either my press, either my press or <laughs> something else. I mean, my, my parents have an espresso. Yeah. So you just like stick a pot into the machine and then press a button and then all of a sudden liquid comes out and then you have like a fresh cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been keeping me going these past three months. And I can't have it anymore all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Starbucks coffee is not worth it <laughs> or really any like luxurious coffee as we're saying i'll rather just get like cheap coffee at home and just make no, it and drink that it. or like cold really? brew. i really like cold brew well, well also for example when you studied abroad like you had the fucking <laughs> like the, you had the coffee experience in like italy and in france and in Spain. yeah like, but simple. i wouldn't i wouldn't say it made me snobby like when i drink I'm starbucks that, i'm like I'm, oh I'm, I'm no, but better. i'm not saying like it's like i'm well, I know that, but I'm saying it was cheap though. Wouldn't you get like a cup of coffee for like a, a euro? No, yeah, you could get coffee a for euro a euro or two. Yeah, yeah. And it was simple. Like you had it, you brought it to your table, you sipped it, you left it, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of yeah. standing in line and asking for your complicated drink that costs $7 or more and then taking a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing for me. I think it's the price that gets me. Like, I don't want to be cheap, but like, like seven dollars or like five dollars for a cup of coffee, like that's just like crazy. You know what they could do with five dollars? I could buy. What could you do with $5? a drink at uh, what's it called? A uh, Kiva juice. <laughs> Kiva juice, dude. Now you get nutritious fruits and vegetables in your body. Deal, done deal. I can't remember the last time I went to Kiva juice. Even Jamba Juice, for the matter, it's kind of the same thing, right? Dude, I, I think I w- the last time I, the last time I went to Jamba Juice was my freshman year of of college, and I actually got a free drink. I was the only person in the store, and the guy behind the register <laughs> made the drink for me and they just handed it to me. And I was about to give him my debit card, and he was like, "No, don't worry about it." I was like, "Wait, why?" I was like, "Don't ask questions. <laughs> don't what? ask questions. Just take it. Get out of here." He didn't say that, but he's just like. I was like, don't, just don't ask questions, accept it, and let's go, let's move on. And so I appreciated that. It was a free drink. Um, haven't been since, just because I haven't had the chance. And I don't <laughs> yeah. like actively seek out Jamba Juice, you know, it doesn't, it's not something I crave. 
exactly. So, um, yeah, fucking a. So those are just like recent developments in my week. I haven't had coffee for the last <laughs> five days. You know, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Dude, the I've had a week, man. I've had a, I've had a, a rough week. Let's talk about it. We've all had a rough week. But yes, you know, of course, your, with all that's going on. But I um, <laughs> let's talk about your individual as, experience. As, as we talked about, I I'm taking summer classes, yep. and boy, did I forget what it what it was like to be a college student. I'm taking three <laughs> classes right now, and these classes yeah. are kicking my butt. They're literally destroying me. Like, I don't think I've worked as hard, like so hard in so long. Where even just today, I like spent all day today just working on this paper. But literally, I've literally just have assignments every day, and probably after this, I'm gonna do some some studying. But yeah, man, this is not fun. I think I think it's because it's accelerated because it's summer, opposed to 16 weeks, it's eight weeks, and so like oh you God. have like twice amount of work that you would have oh, for a normal week. So that's like and for gra- yeah, and for graduate level classes, I mean yeah. a full credit load as a graduate student is like nine credit hours, bro, and that's what you're taking. I'm taking nine right now, yeah. Yeah, and so like you're not even at, you're not even on campus. You're not really in like that full student mode. That's mm-hmm. just not engaged, and so and it's just like <laughs> I think the worst part is like being at home and trying to like do my college workload with like my mom like over my shoulder asking me what's this or can you help me over here or like yeah you dad playing the fucking saxophone <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no i, I what did you take that up you've never told me that your dad plays the saxophone what that's do you such, mean bro like, i've told you i just found right, this, this out. is a fun fact i thought he pl- i thought he played the accordion no this is a fun fact like my whole dad's side of the family is like super talented they're, like, they're in a, as they're musicians in a no, they're not in a band but they're all talented with musicians like, <laughs> my dad can like literally play any instrument that you give him like he'll pick it up and like play a little tune and so yeah. he plays like a bunch of instruments but i got like none of those talent talents where like i can semi play the accordion and that's about it well i mean i wouldn't say that it's just like you kind of haven't really done that you know did you take music lessons as a kid no yeah dude i took um i was in a what was it? What are those I, things I, I wouldn't say that you the, were. The I wouldn't say that you were very. <laughs> like in, a, oh my in elementary God. school, when you're like, that's not a music sticks. lesson. <laughs> I'm talking about like lesson. private music lessons where you go like one on one with a, like a teacher, and you fucking get better. Yeah, but my, but my dad <laughs> didn't like have that either. He was literally like for... in a ranch in Mexico and just picked up some instruments and started yes, but going he was at do, it. He was dedicated to that craft. You know what I mean? He did it day after day. I don't think you were exactly dedicated to an instrument, were you? I mean, I thought you learned how to play the accordion pretty good. Uh, you, didn't you like guest star in a Marnacci band or something? What? <laughs> I guest star. <laughs> I, I got a, I like got a verse on their you? on their on their latest track or what? I thought you made like a special appearance in some mariachi band in like our our sophomore year or junior year of high school. What? No. And you like you like told me about it. You're like, bro, like I'm I'm gonna play the accordion. For- I'm gonna make it, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm the new I'm the new I'm the new hot thing. You're on tour with a fucking accordion and a microphone. <laughs> Fucking signing CDs after the show. 
I got like <laughs> I it's got like featured like on Drake's new new single. It's the first song he has with an accordion. You fucking go viral. That wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Like he's so he's experimented with sounds in the past. He always has. I don't think he's stuck to one certain style. I mean, you could always tell that it's Drake. Yeah, but I mean the fucking like the dance hall a few years ago in like. 14, 2014, 15. The and dance then, hall? Uh, yeah, the dance hall, like the Jamaican influence and oh, the Caribbean influence. Right, right, right. And his music as well as like Puerto Rican and, you know, um, the reggaeton, like a, a little bit, slightly. Yeah. And then um, I think he did, um, he did drill. He tried it, he tried a, like a UK drill sound. Yeah, yeah. In a song recently. The thing, the point is like he experienced with different yeah, songs. And so yeah, yeah. introduce it like, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a Latin sound with like a mariachi sound. Hey, yo, I got I, I don't know Drake, if you can pull it off. How would you do that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, it's, I think it's doable. But there's, there's definitely some like, like, um, yeah. I, actually there was a, uh, there was a uh, new track that came out with, um, with Bad Bunny and he was like, infused with like a, a local like young mexican artist that that plays like i'm pretty sure he has accordion in his like mm-hmm. sound and like bad bunny was in it rapping it um yeah you could, that's probably you like could the do it thing you actually no there was this one song man that just came out that low-key it's fire where it's snoop dogg <laughs> with this like um band from mexico and it literally slaps like i'm not even joking man mm. it slaps like he starts rapping <laughs> over this like mexican music and it like sounds so weird but it like also hits i'll i'll like okay. put the name in okay. the comments so like people can like can know For actually sure. you know what? i'll probably just say it because like on spotify you can't well. no like everyone should listen to this i won't play it because like copyright but <laughs> this thing like sounds so unique man Okay, so it's called, it's called, Que Maldición, <laughs> and it's, Que uh, Maldición? Yeah, Que Maldición. Q- Q-U-E-M-A-L-D-I-C-I-O-N. Yeah, and then it's from Banda MS, and then it's with Snoop Dogg. I'm sure if you just look up Snoop Dogg and, like, Spanish song, it'll probably pop up. But literally, I swear, listen to this. Like, this thing is, like, so weird. It's, like, so weird and fused, but it also hits. Well, it's also interesting because uh, an artist that we know and like, uh, Rosalia, she's oh, been making features on- that's a, Let's talk uh, about that track. Have you listened to it? Some of Travis Scott's songs. Uh, I know they released a single recently. Have you listened to it? And she also featured on Jack Boys when they did the remix to Highest in the Room. And she was like doing his ad-libs and shit with like the fucking <laughs> Spanish accent. But have you listened, to, was, have you listened to her new track with no, Travis I Scott? No, I haven't. Oh my I haven't. God, right. You're missing out. It. You're missing out. You need you need to listen to it after after we we finish this, man. It's such a banger. Also, listen yeah. to that. I mean, that's yeah, that's dope. I like to see that. It's um, like a you know mix of cultures and sounds. You know, to yeah, make I mean, that's art, man. That's art. Catchy. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. So yeah, anyway, shape, form. Yeah, so essentially, we're starting a band. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole point here. That's why we're having this conversation. We're announcing the Be Somebody Band. <laughs> Be we're somebody for a band. billion. We're aiming for a billion hits on. Oh, every talking about of music, one of our good friends just released a new <laughs> album. Okay, so Meraki, our very first guest. Who? Uh, what was he? Episode ten. I think so. Or, or episode eleven. I think. Episode eleven. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Excuses for not remembering very clearly, but he was our first guest. Uh, he just released his debut album, 
called Seasons. I designed the cover art for it. Uh, he and I worked on an idea together and I helped execute it. Uh, the sound itself is fucking fantastic. I would recommend it now just because he's my friend and he's been a guest of this podcast and as well as a supporter of the podcast, but just because I believe in his talent mm-hmm. and I believe that everyone else should believe in it. I think it's a definitely well. like unique sound. <laughs> should we like play? Do you think, I feel like he would be okay if we play like the first 10 seconds of like the first track. I don't want to fuck with it just because of his uh, distributor. Oh, uh, you're right. You know what right. I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yes, like, well, we're cool with that. It's just, all right, we'll link it. You should listen <laughs> we'll to it. Hold on it's called it. Seasons We'll link it, of course. There's nothing wrong with linking it, but I just, I just don't want to play any audio on the podcast. It's not a run. Do you have, um, you know? do you have a recommended, uh, favorite track from it? Uh, I love Young Man. There's like track yeah, number two on the I album. Like Young, Young Man. Man's great. If um, you could only recommend one, which one would it be? For a song that completely captures the sound and the theme of the album, like in one song, mm-hmm. it's kind of tough because... All right, two songs then. She's two songs. Ethan, Ethan's, Ethan's just got that kind of way of like making every uh, every piece important as the last you know what I mean? It's like the like all songs are kind of kind of stand out, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Excuse me for burping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, I also wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into that, I also featured on a song. And <laughs> right, you are featured in a song. I feel like we should leave it at that. Do you do you want to tell them which one, or you kind of want people to listen to the whole album and then find listen out? to the whole album, and you'll you'll recognize my voice. I hope you do. This is my first time on a song. My mm-hmm. first time singing on a song. You might be able to tell. Uh, do you want to talk about your experience? I, but b- before you do, let me give my recommendations. Very, so track okay. one, summertime feels, and track five, we're never giving up. Those are my two. If you have to listen to only two tracks, listen to those two. But of course, listen to the whole album. All right, go ahead, I'm dead. <laughs> Nerve wracking. You know, self-consciousness is what I felt the entire time. Mm-hmm. How, how did my, it happen? Did you ask him, hey, can I get a feature? No, did he no, ask, I didn't at all. Ethan, e- yeah, did you Ethan sing Meraki, to him? He, <laughs> <laughs> he, wanted like, me check the, me out. he wanted me on the album. He wanted uh-huh. me on the album. Ethan thought, or continues to think, at least I hope he does, that I have a good voice. And while I wouldn't say the same thing, um, he just wanted me on his album. And so he had a a bridge for me to write. A bridge? No, it was... Um, a chorus? A chorus. <laughs> yeah, a chorus. I have no idea, man. <laughs> he wanted, he wanted, I was getting the wrong person. Yeah. No, he wanted, me to write, he, he wanted me to write the chorus and perform the chorus. So I did, I did both those things. And the entire time, you know what? I think the one thing that holds me back the most as a creative person is the perfectionism and how I expect so much of myself right out the gate instead of being patient and letting myself kind of experiment and be comfortable with my own sound or how I can like learn to be even better, how to refine. Because that takes, that takes time. It takes time to be good at anything but I've always been so obsessed with like this idea of the gifted person, you know, like if you're not gifted, you're not shit. And I've kind of like, this is, this is taking a bit of a (laughs) profound turn, but I've kind of 
fostered that idea since I was a little boy. And I'll never forget how I was invited to take the test that was administered to the gifted children for them to be a part of the gifted program at the elementary school. And I was invited to take the test. I took the test. I didn't pass the test. And I know I'd never heard anything else about the gifted program, but I would always, you know, we'd have the same, those kids in our classes and they talk about their enrichment is what they called it. Enrichment of the children. And they'd receive like a superior education, I suppose. But I always kind of felt like maybe that was a, a, a personal failure. At least it felt that way. I was, I must've been like 11 at the time. No, much younger. Nine, either nine or ten, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't make it, and I, I took it as uh, me not being good enough, you know, and so I feel like I always have to be on top of it. I have to be special. I have to be exceptional. I have to be unique and powerful immediately, or I was just like not even worth trying, and that's what really beats me down and fucks me over because I end up not wanting to continue trying. Yeah, have you ever felt that way before? I think for me, it's more like a sense of, and I, I, we've talked about this before, but a sense of like originality where the, I guess when I was younger, I always felt like you either had to be original or whatever you did or made wasn't. And this is obviously referring to like art in general. Um, but the older I've gone, the more I've realized that the idea of being original isn't really real. You know, art, the more I've I've gone older, I've realized it's more about kind of evolving the current art form and pushing it towards what you like and your taste and your kind of way of seeing it. So there really is no, I guess, originality in that sense where you just kind of you have to rely on and trust on your own taste and being who you are and kind of accepting that. And, and this is where the big thing comes into play where, you know, this incorporates art or I don't know, going to the gym where you can't really look at other people, but focus on yourself because you, you, you yourself are unique in your own way. And ju mm -hmm. judging yourself by someone else is never going to fulfill your, never going to work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's not hard to be original when you're always yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. When you be yourself. So what would you do differently with something that's already established? And so through that effort, you kind of create originality for yourself, even if it like started from something that has already been done. How can I do it my way? You know, kind of take inspiration from how it was done this way and then mm -hmm. spin it to suit my personal taste. Yeah what I want to create or like what I want to do. Like what's my, what's my creative goal in the end. And that's how original originality can be achieved. Uh, and that's not hard to do, but I mean, <laughs> I guess going back to the topic at hand, how can I sound the way that I want to sound or the way that I sound on this course? How can I write this course? I've never written a course before, but how can I write this course in a way that fits the song and as well, like kind of... Wait, so you wrote the actual course? I wrote the course. I wrote the whole thing. Damn. It's not very long, but I wrote the course myself. Yeah. 
Oh, wait, 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 what instructions did uh, Meraki give you? Was he just like, yo, hop on this and he sent you the track? Or you didn't even yeah, he, know what he was saying? Or like, how was it? Yeah, he, he sent me the instrumental. Or not the instrumental, but he sent me his, uh, his version of the song that didn't have the chorus on it. And just had like this gap in the middle of his verses and just said like, I want you to fill this part in. And that was it. Mm-hmm. That was all he said. I was like, I trust you. I believe in you. Did you go as they say into the studio? <laughs> okay. So I wish I could show you right now because in my garage, there's this little like closet, I guess, mm-hmm. where we keep like miscellaneous equipment and like other stuff, like random, random things. And so it has a door that closes, but it's like kind of like a box. Yeah. And so that was my booth. <laughs> <laughs> I took, I took this laptop and this microphone right here, my Yeti mm-hmm. just in there. And so it was kind of soundproof because like there's a lot of things surrounding me. So there's not, a, there's not any echo in that little space. So it worked well enough for like a little sound compressor, like a little booth. And um, yeah, I wrote the chorus. Uh, told, I was very honest with you. And I said like, this is kind of difficult. Like I don't really, uh, I'm not really sure I know what I'm doing. And he said, don't worry about it. Just keep working, keep writing. I know you can, I know you can write. <laughs> I think you can sing. Your, your pen you game this. is strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my pen game 100, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be ghostwriting for Drake, bro, for uh, our accordion, uh, accordion single. Honestly. But yeah, I went, in, I went in the booth and I dropped some fucking bars <laughs> that I wrote myself <laughs> and I threw it out. So when you do listen to the album, and I hope you do, I'm sure you'll recognize my sound, my, my voice. And we'll see if I keep it up. It was very fun in the end, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, it's still itching at me. Like you could have done better or even, even worse. But it was your first time. Like, all right, I'll, I'll, let me like defend you here. Cause you told me the same thing when you acted for the film that, that you were on that I did where you're like, Oh, I feel like I've done more. And you were like, you kept pushing for more, but like it's your first time and it's acceptable to do what you did. And I think you did great. And just leaving it at that was like fine. And, and I know you because I've worked with you on like other projects that you like being a perfectionist, but you know, sometimes it's okay to do less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I've listened to the track and I think, I think it came out good. Like you, you, you sent it to me before it came out. And um, you were asking me, like, yeah. is it good? And I was like, yeah, like, this is dope. Well, I appreciate you for that. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast together. Wait, you're, you're still paying me after this, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, but anyway. Um, yeah, let's see if I keep it up. If I do keep it up, mm-hmm. then I'd want to take, like, vocal lessons. Mm-hmm. So I can really, like, gain command of my my sound yeah and just be able to kind of like uh let it all out but it's also it's also hard to songwrite songwriting is something entirely different than what i'm used to i'm used to writing prose long sentences and like building up metaphors yeah you know after paragraphs have passed on the page or even just like things that are revealed like after so much buildup, you know but mm-hmm. with songwriting, it's so clean. It's so concise. You have to have like syllables that match with the beat and then a message that relates to 
you know, the overall message of the song that, you know, if you're a feature, you know, how can I align this, what has already been said? And also like, how can I make sure it identifies itself with the, with the sound of the instrumental? You know, how can I write like a verse that matches the mood that the sound gives you? Because sound has a very, very capable ability to affect your mood, how you feel in a current moment. Like I always find myself like feeling all emotional and sentimental and shit when I'm listening to artists like Frank Ocean and SZA and Daniel Caesar and like <laughs> driving late at night down the city and I got like all the lights around me. I'm like, whoa, you know, or like feeling super hyped up when I, there's like a dance track or I don't know, something at like 120 beats per minute. It's like electronic or like even rap, hip hop. Something that just makes me want to turn the fuck up. <laughs> Turn the fuck up, Amadeo Hughes, twenty twenty. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt right there. <laughs> the point is, yeah, you know how can I how can I write something that works? How can I write something to make you turn the fuck up? And that was that was hard, but it was fun. You know, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, it was a challenge and I like to think that I overcame that first challenge and I've got more work to do. So we'll see Ethan and I have been talking and he's got some instrumentals set aside and maybe I'll, I'll drop a, a single. Hey. <laughs> Either a single or maybe who knows, maybe even like a fucking mixtape, you know? <laughs> you already know the there's going to be some, some fire accordion beats on there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get you to do the live studio. <laughs> I'm just like in the music video, I'm just some guy in the corner just hitting the accordion. That would be fucking dope. <laughs> Taking place like in a hot tub, huh? Should we announce the big plan that we have? Nah, I don't think we should. Or should we take Just because like, there's like, there hasn't been much movement towards it. Okay, but there is stuff coming. I mean, don't there's, say that because we coming. we have been working. We have been working. Yeah, we have been working. And I just so, I'm just like I don't I don't like to announce stuff until it's like fully in effect. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want you don't want to be that guy, the fucking yeah. Playboy Cardi, not dropping his album <laughs> <laughs> to keep it with the music theme. But yeah, for the record, we have something big planned. I know we say that something a lot. Something big coming. Like, Everybody says that shit. Soon, bro. <laughs> we have a mastermind course coming. Big things soon. are big things are coming. Stay in the loop. But we mean it. Something big is on the horizon. Something I well, something that's important to us mm-hmm. that you think you'll we think you'll enjoy uh thoroughly. So stay tuned. We'll talk about it more. Yeah. Anyway, what else happened in your week that you'd like to talk about? I know that you've been, uh, well, I mean, so I apply for a job. <laughs> I was literally about to talk, talk about that too. All right, you go ahead. You go ahead. You, you give your insight and I'll give my insight. <laughs> so I graduated a month ago, almost a month ago. It would have been a month ago tomorrow. Today is the 15th of June. Um, I applied to a job a few weeks after I graduated for the role of social media manager or yeah, social media marketing manager whatever. So executive position, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say that. Managerial, sure. I'm just the guy that would run the Instagram page and other pages that pertain to (laughs) this particular organization's 
social media goals. And I'd work like in tandem with their marketing professional and try to come up with plans that way. So I received my degree in marketing and I continue to learn more and more about marketing every day. I've, I've used this quarantine, you know, all this free time that I have, especially after graduating now that I don't have any homework to turn in, even though that feels so weird. It's just like, I, I must have like- Yeah, how does that tomorrow. feel? No homework. But I don't. I wake up every day. I was like, okay, so let me check my, let me check my to-do list. Like what's due in three days. What was due over the weekend? Did I miss anything by chance? Like, I hope not. Do I have anybody I have to email? But no, that's it. It's over. 16 years later, and I don't have a single paper to write. I don't have a worksheet to turn in. I don't have a lecture to attend. Nothing's left. And so everything that, nothing that's academic is left unless I decide to go to graduate school, but that's, that hasn't been decided. <laughs> we'll see if that ever is decided. But everything from this point out, this point out is my decision. Where can I go? What can I write? Or what can I turn in? But first I got to get hired. And so I decided to apply for this position of social media marketing manager. And the resume, or not the resume, but the application asked for either two years or three years of experience. And I turned in a resume and a cover letter. We talked about cover letters a few episodes ago. You know, you know how we feel about those. Cover letters suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so I turned that in. I waited several weeks for a response. And I was worried that they'd never get back to me. And that was all just a lost cause. And I hate when that happens because I, I would at least like the opportunity to talk to somebody. Like, please just give me that chance. I used to despise interviews because I'm just introverted and socially awkward somewhat and kind of feel like I stress out over what I want to say or like stress out over if what I'm saying is the correct thing to say. I don't know. I overthink it. But now I don't. And I want to get in there and I want to have a conversation with the hiring manager as a person, not just as a hiring manager. I see them, you know, I still have respect for them, obviously, but I see them more as like my equal. And we're just having a conversation about the business, about the organization itself. How can we take it steps further? And what can I do? I don't ask that directly, but it's just like, I figured that out through the conversation. So I didn't hear back for several weeks. I thought it was just a you know, cold lead, uh, whatever. I talked to a friend about it. They said they might be on a hiring freeze because of the pandemic. Um, they could be short on resources. Uh, I heard back a few days ago and they thanked me for applying. And you already know when they say that. It's <laughs> why I even bother to read the rest of the email, but I did. Thank you for applying. Uh, you do not meet the correct qualifications, amount of qualifications. And I knew right away that that referred to the years of experience. And so I have about two under my belt, two years of professional experience in marketing and design. Um, I think they just really wanted three. And if you ask me, if anyone is a hiring manager and listening to this, please feel free to reach out. We can have a conversation about it. But if you ask me, motivation, drive, past experience, no matter how small, but as long as you're like willing to learn and to work as hard as you can and to make results happen, 
that trumps years of experience. You can gain those years of experience. So I suppose it depends like what's at stake here. You know, if you're managing multi-million dollar hedge funds, like of course we want you to have some experience with finance and being able to comfortably handle large amounts of money. But when it comes to like planning out social media, <laughs> I, I kind of got that, you know, and I'm, I learn more every day and you learn more by doing it. So in the context of that specific position, I was very excited. I already like right after I apply, I, I had thoughts in my head about like, okay, like this is what I can, I can do to really set this off and to get people excited about this brand. And right away, that's, that's a great attitude to have, to possess. You want somebody who wants to keep working for you toward achieving those goals and setting their own as well. But alas, you know, didn't work out. So to that, I say their loss. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, hey, you basically covered everything I was going to say. <laughs> I'm on the same boat. Our, uh, bad. <laughs> I've just been, <laughs> I've just been applying to a bunch of places. Um, and yeah, man, it's rough. Our economy is, uh, is rough and it's going to be rough these next couple of months and probably years, years. uh, with years, everything that's yeah. going on with COVID. Mm-hmm. Not a good time to, to be graduating and entering the workforce. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, yeah, same, same boat. I literally yeah. I applied to everywhere and I haven't heard back. I did. We talked about this. I, um, I actually got the call from one of my old bosses and she offered me my, my old job back, which isn't a, a bad job. Um, it just, and then actually I didn't talk to, to you about this, but this is actually a good topic. I, um, I was very hesitant on taking it and I kind of like was questioning myself why I was so hesitant. And I think it came down to the fact that I think my pride was getting in my way where I like, I've always kind of thought with like a kind of forward mentality of, you know, you progress and you keep like moving on to better and bigger Mm. things. And I guess that was the thing that was holding me back of, I didn't want to return to something I already did. Yeah. And yeah, and it came out it came down to being a pride thing where you know the pay was good for like the position it is and the hours are super flexible and you know my boss is amazing like she reached out to me and offered me my job back and I, her relationship with me is also amazing but it was just that one factor of of my pride getting in the way of being like oh why am I returning to this position where I got all I could from it to move on to something bigger and better. But there was nothing that's, that was coming that's bigger and better. And I had a long talk with a close friend. And, you know, I would like to think that if if this whole kind of COVID thing didn't happen, I would be able to actually get something that's bigger or better. But because of, you know, this recession that's coming in and, you know, these rough times where, like, businesses are closing and, it's it's going to be hard and I kind of have to put my pride to the side and kind of be grateful that I'm actually being offered a, a job. Yeah. And so I um yeah. 
As of right now, I, I accepted it. Well, that's great. But yeah, with 40 plus million people unemployed in this country as of today, mm-hmm. any opportunity that you have that can sustain you, you know, for work. Yeah. That's a blessed opportunity. So mm-hmm. do what you can. It's not going to last forever. Yeah. And I say that in, in the best way possible. But so. yeah, I, I do agree with Amadeo where I don't know if it's like, I think it probably is like your motivation that gets killed a little bit once you like start getting a few rejections where you're like, oh damn, I wish, yeah. I wish like, is it me? Like, am I the problem or is there, I mean, sometimes you're not the problem. Sometimes there generally is a better candidate out there that is for the position, but you know, you like they say, you're your biggest critic where, you know, I keep on looking at myself and seeing, all right, well, what's wrong with my resume? What's wrong with my experience? Am I talented enough? Do I have enough experience? And that's kind of where it kind of just snowballs into self-doubt. And I was experiencing a bit of that, uh, just like yeah. hearing back, you know, from a couple of positions and yeah, it's discouraging, but I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. And it's something that, that I was thinking to myself that I have to get used to, especially in the industry I'm going into where you get a lot of no's before you get a yes. And yeah, yeah, no, it's just something I'm going to have to learn and, and grow from. Yeah. Yeah. And a self doubt is one of the greatest malevolent forces of my entire life. <laughs> That shit hangs on my shoulder like a fucking demon, dude. I can't can't quite get away from it all the time. And it manifests itself before I even get the job. And then it even manifests itself after I get the job. And it takes a... It appears as a, what, what they call imposter syndrome. Have you ever experienced that? Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Uh, I think I do, but go ahead and explain it for... If it's when any you feel viewers. like you're a fraud. When you feel like you're a fake why did I get this job? I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And someone's going to catch me. Someone's going to find out that I am not qualified for this kind of work. I'm a fake. And they're going to expose me. And the more I do, the more work I do here, the greater risk I have of exposing myself as a fake when that's not true at all. I think we just get caught up in what we don't know, especially when we're so early in our professional careers. You're like, fuck, like me and marketing, for example. There's so much I don't know about marketing, but that's the beauty of all of it because I can continue to learn and that just broadens my skill set and then I'm all the more valuable and knowledgeable and can (laughs) do all sorts of amazing things for whatever company I work for. But for now... You know, even if I were to get hired as like a junior marketing manager, not a manager, but just like a junior marketer or even even like in a managerial position, I feel like, like, what the, why did they hire me? Didn't mm-hmm. they see the truth? I can't, I shouldn't be here, but that's, that's, that's within you. And so I, I, I felt that very strongly uh, with my graphic design, like a few, a few months ago. Like, this is a recent thing too. Or it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, I, I'm not a designer. I'm not, I'm not able to do this. How could I, how could I expect to do this, you know, to a professional standard? And I don't know why the fuck I felt that way. And I felt it so intensely and it kind of wore off like a few days later. I was like, you know, fuck that. I am a designer. 
And I'm getting there. I keep getting better. I get better every fucking day because I practice, because I learn from the mistakes I made in the past. And I think about what I could have done differently with my old designs. And I do them differently. And I like keep them, you know, and I continue to work and I continue to learn. I continue to read. I continue to watch. And yeah. So imposter syndrome is something that really affects a lot of people. They might not even know it. They might have never heard of it. But um, maybe you've felt that way before. Like, have you ever felt that in terms of like you're directing? You know, mm-hmm. did you ever feel like that was like, why am I directing this movie? Like, I don't know anything. I'm yeah. just a fucking student. Like, I'm just learning. Like, what's going on here? They expect me to direct this whole thing? Yeah, I've had like experiences both in like a professional job like just the the job where you and I both work together where definitely the first few weeks I was like am I even qualified for this position (laughs) and yeah and like I I genuinely felt like I wasn't but I think one thing that I did like about the position was that it felt like a very open and friendly environment that I wasn't scared to like throw myself in there and like learn and so mm-hmm. I was, I, I put in a lot of work before like the, I guess like first day really started where I like learned a lot of the position and kind of did a lot of homework and stuff. And I think that kind of is what gave me the confidence, but I've also been in yeah. the opposite spectrum where recently like directing where I was in a position where I was basically at a rehearsal and the director looked at me and said, you should, you should uh, direct this, like these scenes. And then she, she kind of put me on the spot. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like in front of like a bunch of cast members, you know, a bunch of other position, people in my position, like production assistants and the director there. Like, like the person that wrote this is there looking at me to direct her work. And I was like, ah, shit. So I, I just kind of went with the flow with it and I immediately, I think after like the second scene, um, she, the director called cut instead of me and she kind of gave her own feedback that was different to mine. And automatically like that just kind of put me in my shell where I was like, uh, I messed up and you know, I carried on with the scenes and I tried to give feedback, but I started second, second, I started doubting myself and, you know, in the corner of my eye, I keep looking at her and seeing if her reaction, if she likes it or if she doesn't. And it just kind of went like downhill from there. And we talked about it after and she like made me feel a lot better. She was saying that, oh, like, don't even worry. Like, you know, everyone has to get some experience somehow. And and she kind of like tried to like ease it. But I don't know, the self-doubt was still there where, you know, like being called out. Like I was generally called out by saying, no, like this is how it's this is how I want it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was rough. I mean, the thing is, it's also kind of a large expectation for someone like you. Cause were you taken on as like a co-director? Like, were you very close with this director? Like, would you talk constantly about the scenes and about her interpretations and about your interpretations and how those could mix and match? No, not like, did really. Did you ever have, yeah, well <laughs> then how can, how can anybody expect you to fulfill their vision if you haven't talked yeah, about Yeah, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, I understand like it's respectable of her to want to give you the experience but give me a fucking break. Like that's like Picasso asking me to paint one of his paintings mm-hmm. the way that he imagined it. I can't do that shit. Yeah. I can't do it exactly the same way that he could. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think like that's an extreme I think example. I, but. I raise expectation of myself like crazy. <laughs> Similar. But like I mentioned, like I am for sure my harshest critic. So like I was like super hard on yeah. myself. And since then I've talked to a couple of friends and they kind of like made me feel better and whatnot. But I mean, I'm I'm so grateful I did it because I learned a lot just from that little. I mean, that yeah, little thing. you shouldn't feel bad because you know what? You took it on. All right. You didn't hesitate. You didn't even say no. You're like, all right. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And like, yes, you still had the cloud of self-doubt, but you still took it on. And I think that was very courageous of you. And I understand that it was difficult, but you pulled through and you learned from the experience and you've got many more to go, right? So. Yeah. There you go. Be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Do you want to end it on that note? or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got more to talk about, but let's save that for the next episode. Cool. So once again, thank you everybody for taking your time to tune in to episode 20 of the be somebody podcast we have uh been together with you for almost a year it's true it'll be a a year in august Mm -hmm. uh almost 10 months with the podcast it's been a very special experience one of the most significant of my entire life honestly i we've committed to this whole thing you know we've (laughs) i guess we've had like gaps in between episodes we, we've, we've been still, pretty consistent these, with these past months. Yeah, no, we have. We have. And we're trying to kick up the, the social media presence. And how can we make that more significant? And I, I want to start like, I don't know. Well, you and I will talk about it. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we've got we got we got things to figure out. And mm-hmm. uh, we're resisting. If you've been listening since day one, all the more love to you. If you just are listening, a lot of love to you. Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll keep it going. So don't forget to uh, check out Meraki's album Seasons. Yeah, Seasons. on Spotify, it's on Apple Spotify, Music, it's on yeah, YouTube, it's on Apple Music. I don't think it's on YouTube. Is it? Yeah, I think it's on YouTube. His previous thing was on YouTube. Well, maybe wait a few days from today. Okay, to see if it's on YouTube. I don't know, but it is for sure. We'll on link Spotify. it if it is. We'll link it. It is on Apple Music. Okay, for sure. Anyway, yeah, we're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. Send us a message, leave a comment, tell us what you thought. You know the drill. All right, we love you. Please take care of yourselves. Um, check out the resources that will be linking down below. Let your voice be heard. Make a difference in this country, in your community, uh, for yourselves, for your loved ones, for everyone around you, and for those that have not been born yet. We have that power. We can do it. We're here as a community. Be somebody is we somebody, you know, we're, we're all here to encourage <laughs> throw that, each other. Throw that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so we got this. We'll keep working hard. All right. Have a good night. Good day. Whatever it is. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Until next time. <laughs>